It's the father mucking protocol. I messed that up. I was rolling too. I sounded professional. Yo, what's poppin'? This is your man, D-Dad. was for the fucking protocol. Uh, talking some junk and everything else that comes to mind. Chilling in the, in the living room. Got my man to the left. Joe Vesey in the building. My man, Big Mike in the building on the sound. Nodding up, thumbs up. It's all good and gravy. Anyway, Joe, uh, Joe almost died. <laughs> Joe almost died because... He had an abscissal. Explain an what abscissal? Is that, uh, uh, you you explain. You know it's funny. Keith, when I was talking to Keith Robinson, he said he said, "If you ever go to the hospital for a sore throat, I'll smack it in your <laughs> face." <laughs> he was like, "If you ever have a sore throat, yeah, it seems like I went to the hospital for a sore throat, slightly right. more serious, mm-hmm. and uh, I was walking around with an IV bag." And did you really have an IV? Uh, absolutely, wow. I was with an IV bag walking around. Carrying it around, mm-hmm. uh, I had a cold Gatorade. It was like ice on my throat, and it felt amazing and hurt at the same time. Did you have a, a, a bedpan where you had to? Or could no, you go I, to I wasn't bathroom? that. I wasn't. I was 90, checking, but I wasn't ninety. But I did have a pan that I was spitting uh, saliva into mm-hmm. every three seconds. You were phlegmy. Uh, everything. But you said you said it was hard for you to even swallow. Yes, it which was. Pours. I don't mean that. <laughs> uh, you know, that doesn't sound good. It doesn't sound it's good. It's hard for me to swallow. And, uh, yeah, it's hard. that's why I kept saying to the doctors, I can't swallow. I can't swallow. <laughs> You're like, of course you can't. <laughs> um, I probably would have been better gargling semen. It might have cleared up my throat. Oh, jeez. Wow. <laughs> no, you, you actually wouldn't have been better gargling. You never uh, know, though. Nah, I'm guessing you wouldn't. <laughs> That would have opened a, a whole new uh, gateway. Imagine, imagine, though, if you found out that that did clear up throat-like infections. What, a, a, a gargling <laughs> semen? I'd be like, you know what, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ride out this sore throat a little longer. <laughs> yeah. Gonna, uh... But yes, I was walking around pretty... Pretty bad, and uh, it wasn't fun. Wasn't and you had a experience. gig. You had a you would you had a gig in Bermuda. From what I understand, you booked a show mm-hmm. that you were hosting, and you had other comics on the show. Right, pretty I much, kind of relying on you. Right, I was kind of the connection. I had helped. Uh, you were the liaison. The com- yeah, I had helped uh, another a friend of mine who was the co-producer of the mm-hmm, show. Mm-hmm. He was kind of running the show and then he had me book the comics and mm-hmm. I'm hosting it. So they were a little nervous when they thought I might not be coming. Yeah, uh, but now let's let's be honest. What comics that you know, friends or acquaintances, including the people that you booked on the show and were helping put money in the box, who who called just to check on your health? I mean, to be clear, no, and, I, and you know me, I'm Mr. Out. politically and all that stuff. But I, in all honesty, it's such a it's such a blur, to be honest with you, of what the hell was going on. I really don't even mm-hmm. remember half the stuff. But I do remember, I did text everyone uh-huh. and say, hey, you know, I'm not feeling well, blah, blah, blah. I don't know if I make the show. Uh-huh. And I did get text back, you know, hey, I hope you feel better. You know, From get, who? Get rest. From, from me, damn it. Oh, yeah, well. No yeah. one else reached well, you out. on the show. You with the exception the of Mike. Mike came and found you near a toilet bowl in your home at three o'clock in the morning. Yes, that is true. That were is you true. were you vomiting? Why were you? Is, did you well, think? Well, if he, I he if I get down, the bowl extent. is cold. So no. Well, yes, I was that night. I was vomiting. I was oh, okay. throwing up all night, okay. so I was messed up. But right. uh, 
But yeah, you asked me on the show though. The no, I was, yeah. So yes, Dean Edwards definitely. Once I let him know I was in the hospital, because Dean was like, "Hey man, you know you're slacking off. Let's do the podcast. What's your problem?" And I was like, "Well, I'm connected to an IV bag, if you don't mind." And I'm um, shitting my pants, and I can't, and I can't here's, eat. Here's what Mike. When 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 we both we pulled up pretty much at the, at the same time. So get out the car. I'm like, hey, first, you know, before you shake hands, you like you you had 100. percent He's like, yeah, okay, let me shake. Otherwise, we otherwise, I came we're, over otherwise we're pounding like how he made doubt. So I was like, um, yeah, you good? And then he 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 tells me how he he, he it it threw him that I was concerned about oh. his well being. I was like, no, it no, had no. nothing to do with the podcast. I just wanted to make sure that you were that you were okay, man. That and you, you put didn't a surgeon's die. mask on though, right? When you met of course him. I put a surgeon's mask on, man. I got kids. I yeah, absolutely. You do have kids, and I, just, I probably got it from kids because you know what? I did some walk with my mom, and there was a bunch of little kids around. Oh, kids are German. Yeah, so I don't know. Uh, but yes, everybody on the show, all the comics, they they were uh, fearful. Uh, they they were said feel better. I really well, they hope said you get feel better. better after you said you know what I'll probably make the show. Then then they hit you back and like oh by the way you uh, no no I got text back right away. Okay. They, they, right. When I sent the mass text, I think one guy was thrown for a second uh -huh. and going oh my god you're not coming like he got comics nervous. Are, comics are jackals, man. We when it comes to gigs. I'm the same way. I ain't going to front if, if uh, I just had a... I actually was supposed to go to um, Amon Jordan with um, Dean Obidala mm -hmm. and I think Maz Jobrani. And they have this comedy festival over in Amman. And I've been there before and they... they and I think the... Um, uh, one of the political offices, the mayor's office or something, sponsors it. So they really roll out the red carpet and mm -hmm. you land and feel like this foreign dignitary. So, and, and, uh, the, the money is good, but it's, it's just a dope experience all in all, but the money's good. And so when they, uh, when the drama in Syria was popping off with the chemical weapons, they hit us about a, like three or four days before things sort of got squared away and settled. They hit us and said, yes, due to the, uh, uh, the drama in Syria, they didn't say drama. Um, um, due to the drama in Syria, we're going to postpone it until the, the spring, which had me salty. Because any entertainer, any entertainer that's that's sort of, um, that's not a quote-unquote star, yet you look forward to every gig, not only for the, like I said, for the money, but also just you like getting that burn. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, and, and then I, I was looking forward to, I love flying first class or business class over overseas and get and having somebody treat you the way you feel like you should get treated on every gig. You know what I mean? So that so for well, yeah, me, I was bummed out that I might not make it. I so felt I was, bad. I, 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 I was like that was the other thing I kept checking. I was like, well I hope you make your show because I know you were looking forward to um Yeah, I definitely going was going over. I think I think that the guys if they were they were just concerned because they it wasn't like it wasn't like a club that booked you, so right, it was a right, little right. worrisome. Like, hey, we're going over there, and right. we don't know who we're meeting and right, stuff like right. that. So, but after that, kind of got sorted out. Especially when I showed up at the airport, everybody was like, you know, I think when people they don't realize when these when you're sick, they don't realize to what extent right. it is until oh, they when like you got really. To the airport. Did well, I think they saw. They kind of once I told them, hey, I was in the hospital, right. not just sick, and then I was then on these. Like, I was taking these die. pills. Yeah, they were like, "Yo, are you okay? Like, you right, good, right, man? Right. Like, so you got they, that that package." Yeah, so they were. They everybody. That's what we out call the package around the way. The package is is um, usually something life threatening, 
Usually it's like AIDS or HIV. Like back in the days, that's what, still people be like, oh, he got that package. Anytime I never heard I'm, that. Yeah, they call it the package. Well, you know what I will say? The promoters, I gotta say, were mm-hmm. extremely nice. Because they, yeah, they you know, definitely had, you know, they got their plane tickets, everything. Right. They kind of relaxed me by sending the text and my friend who helped me produce the show, like, hey, just get rest, relax, oh, don't worry dope. about it. That's so dope. I kind of was able to relax right. knowing that it wasn't like, yo, you better, ma-, you know what I mean? Like, right. So they were like, hey, relax, just chill, just get some rest. Well, because then I, that, that, that makes them look like evil. Yeah, <laughs> you know, it's tr- I mean, it's true because it was out of my hands. It was right, nothing. Right. I, not even not talk- like you got sick on purpose. Like you said, hopefully I don't. Hopefully I don't go get this money. Yeah, so I was like, so thank God I was able to change my flight. I left a day later okay, and everything okay. was good. It was a quick flight. It was like an hour and a half. And we went through the Gulf Stream oh, and sure. we had a little bumpy. And me and a comedian thought we were going to die for five Did minutes. Did you really? I, not die, but we You're not got, gonna I got say nervous. What, com- what comic? Oh, yeah, yeah, no, me and uh, Nathan McIntosh. We uh-huh. both, uh, like, we got, it was funny. He was sitting in the, all the way in the back. And we didn't see each other, but, but there was like when we got off the plane, I said, "Man, it was like five minutes there where the guy let the TVs down, and then all of a sudden it got a little bumpy. TVs went up, and we heard nothing from the captain. And I oh, said, dang. "That's a little weird." And Nathan was like, "He's funny. He was like, he was like, I'll be honest with you. I was sitting in the back. A woman yelled, "Oh my God!'" And I got really nervous. I held onto my seat, and all I visualized is fire just coming down and me being eviscerated. Guess he's seen Final Destination. One he and took five. It, I love that the idea that he visualized fire and the fl- the flames just right. coming, starting from right. the top row and Melt, burning, melting, melting people him. In, in the front rows before him. And I also love his description of it that he thought he would have such time to see the fire come at him and right. really process that right. he was going to get burned. Right, right, right. But yes, we were both kind of nervous and. We we both were like, can't wait to go through the stream again and I'm go annoyed to at, hell. I'm annoyed at the the lady for like of all the things you could do, lady. How about just keep your mouth shut and not scream out, "Oh God!" She said, "Oh God!" <laughs> we kept we we kept we kept making it going further, like she because she was like, "Oh God!" Like she, the only thing worse she could have been like is, "Go grab your kids, <laughs> hold your kids, dear I, God." Right, she starts praying. You need Funkmaster Flex on there for that type of thing, right? Because he would no calm you doubt. down. He's like, yo, if you're nervous about dying, you're, you're nothing. You're nothing. If you were, if you have any fear that this thing could ever have anything wrong with it, being that it's based on wind and goes up in the air and the fact that this works at all is magic, you suck. If you, if you, if you get on a plane and you give up all rights to controlling your destiny, but you, you're, you're allowing a little bit of wind to make you feel like you might die and you scream out, Oh God, you're finished. <laughs> we we gotta talk. We didn't, remember we said we gotta talk about that. We yeah. didn't. I don't think we addressed that last podcast. Yeah, that yeah, Funk yeah. Master Flex. Funk Master Flex. Indirectly, it feels like he shits on the middle class, the, working the, class. Funk Flex, yo. And here's the thing. I I love Funk Flex's show, and I I listen to it. But I'm like, damn. So like, if you are not, if you're not balling, <laughs> he doesn't think. If you're, you're if you're not a six figure cat, <laughs> God forbid, God forbid that you you uh, are blue collar, um, and you make you say you make a decent living. Say you like you're 60 you're grand sixty grand a year, and with 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 your wife's side job, that's maybe another thirty. Say you make. 60 to 100 grand a year. That ain't enough for Flex. No, that's not. Because Flex, anytime you listen to the show. You're you're a piece of. No, you're a piece of crap. Like, in (laughs) Funk Flex's eyes, anytime you listen to his show, he just blows up your spot. Yo, let me explain something. 
If you're driving a 2012 and it's 2013 about to roll to 2014, you're nothing. <laughs> if you ain't got 20, if you ain't got 26 rims and better on your car, die. Your life is over. <laughs> And, and there's a guy driving in a nice 2012 a, BMW that's going, I thought I did pretty well. There's, a dude, in a, there's a dude that just saved up and finally got this BMW. <laughs> he, he, he was like, you know what? I'm feeling good. He just drove it off the lot yesterday. And he turns on. He said, you know what? I got the nice system in the ride. I'm going to turn on Funkmaster Flex. And here he goes, yo, if you driving anything that didn't come out and isn't supposed to come out until next year, wash up your life and die. You're finished. What's the point of living? Let me explain something. If you're still wearing platinum jewelry, you're done. We're on the group tonight. <laughs> you know, now when you know it's funny because I haven't listened to Funk Master Flex in a while. When does he do those kind of? I like, think he comes rants, on. Well, he like, I mean, he, he he comes he, he on Monday them, right? through like, Friday. Exaggerating? No, much, no, right? no. His show still comes on. Um, I want to say like Angie Martinez. Uh, this this is on uh Hot ninety seven. Uh, um, in New York City, for those that don't know, Angie Martinez show I think goes from three to seven, and then I think Funk Flex takes over from seven, seven until whenever. Yeah, but how did we and start talking about this? Because it came I up. That you, you know what? I was probably it, just. I was probably. I don't even know. I was probably just. My mind just wandered, and I started mocking. If you have um, one house, if you got one house, you don't have a vacation out out in the out in the Hamptons, and you gotta catch the Hampton Jitney to get out to the Hamptons. You're washed up. Fix your life. <laughs> Yo, Hashtag but, fix your life. Because because here's the thing. Like when did it? When I'm gonna say probably in the the mid to late '90s, it got to the point where like. Hip hop music and culture has always been flashy, you know. From I mean, even if you take it back to Grandmaster Flash and Melly Mel, they had a flashy style yeah. of dressing from you know uh, the leather clothes to furs and yeah. and, and the whole nine and African Bambada Zoom Nation. These cats came out; they looked like Conan the Barbarian extras, you know what mm -hmm. I mean? But it was a flash too. But then. I say in in the, it got shiny, you know, it got real shiny in the in the mid to late nineties. People always blame Puffy and 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 uh, Puff Daddy and the family and Mace. And you can't you can't like you, that, can't, you can't blame anyone. Well, they they were flashy and they were shiny. Remember the shiny suit man? Yeah, yeah. Um, but they, they were but shiny. Like, but but you can't blame but them. You felt like you were if they put you in like their shoes. They didn't like say you suck if you're working right, at a job. Right, right. You know what I mean? But but. Over time, it just got to the point where it's, it's not about, not only are you flashing, but it's almost like you pissing on the next man yeah. because that's not his style. Right, right. Because that's not it. Well, he, he's like, you know what? I, well, I, I, I don't um, have two houses, but I have 401k. Yeah. You know, and that's that's to me that's that's a uh, bass backwards, you know. But you know what? I used to listen to Funkmaster Flex when he put out. Remember the mixtapes? Yeah, like yeah, yeah. And I and I really enjoyed him back then. Yeah, the but as time went on, though, especially with interviews, I'm amazed mm. that I saw him one time interviewing Puff Daddy, whatever. I mean, years ago this was, and he was asking questions about you know losses that he took, Mace, all this stuff. Right. The amount of times. 
Puff Daddy, who is, you know, pretty much doesn't have to take anything from right, anybody, right, yeah. would let him interrupt him. Mm. And I mean, just inter just blatantly not let him talk. Right, right, right. Which is pretty much a bad interview when uh -huh. you're asking right, someone yeah. questions and then you just interview, mm. uh, interrupt. I was just, I was blown away. I was right. like, wow. I said, wow, these guys have a lot of respect for this guy. They, they just let him, because I mean. Right. Of all people, you would think that. Yeah, he, I mean, you could see him getting frustrated. Right, he, right, right. was getting frustrated, right. but he just, he interrupts people. He's yelling. It's well, like, I think it's also so when, you, when you're the, like, with, with any, I guess, um, if you call them, if you call someone like that, like Funk Flex or even Wendy Williams or, or Howard Stern, shock jocks, you know, yeah. you, you go into those interviews sort of guarded and your, your, one of your main concerns is you don't want to come off as defensive. So if Flex or whomever is constantly interrupting you, if you say, yo, let me finish, now it seems like you're the one that's on the in the wrong and yeah. on the defensive. Puff Dad even said that, actually. He said, and just so you know, I'm not getting defensive. Because he was explaining right. some stuff about, right. he said about, which was kind of a real interview. It was about how he took a loss on Mace and everything. Mm -hmm. and he said, you know, I, he's like, I lost a lot of money on Mace. He's like, but, you know, we'll... Give that one to the Lord. Okay. We'll let Mace have that. Oh, wow. So he got it. It was interesting. <laughs> right, but, right, right, right. But, uh, but yeah, I just, I've, I've listened to some If you let your rappers get out of their contracts because they found Jesus after your hot, hottest rapper died, you're nothing. <laughs> That'd be great. He just did that right in front of him. And then asked him the next question. Right, right. So puffy. Right. Uh, right. But he always, it's really funny, Funk Mass Flex, he always pontificates. He's always like, but what I think, brother, is like, I always, he always gets That's into great. that like, you know, like, I know so much. He's like, but wasn't he? Very instigating, well, too, right? Like, Doesn't he do that? He does a lot of... Well, I know... I, I mean, respect, dude. Flex Flex has been out for a long time, man. I mean, he's not just uh, uh, on the radio, um, but also just that he's been around hip-hop. Hip yeah. I mean, uh, who, who's... But I remember used him to always carry... being the way he's been these... Well, I, I remember back in the day it being... I was... I don't remember right. always being loud and fun, but I actually found it more comical. I don't remember him being so like fucking right, right. in your Well, but also that's that's that uh got that speaks to yeah, I was gonna say, what did it say? Absolute power corrupts absolutely. And yeah. I'm not saying whether he's corrupt or anything, you know, if this ever gets to flex, I don't want him like, yo, so I hear you're talking greasy about me in your living room. If you talk greasy about the god of, of DJs in New York City in your in your three-bedroom house in Brooklyn, you're nothing. Where's your mansion? You know, but yeah. I don't. I ain't got a problem with flat. I my. You know what we gotta problem? have? We gotta have Charlemagne on huh? this podcast. Oh, because they, you know, they have Charlemagne the guy. Uh, Charlemagne, uh, what's he? What's he call him? Uh, Flex Hogan. I think yeah, I, that always lays me out when he when he <laughs> calls him Flex Hogan. And the other one you don't Flex like Hogan. though, right? The other oh, line that he calls him. You don't like that? He calls him Grandfather Flex. Oh, Grand. Yeah. Well, here's the thing. I understand. I understand. I mean, in in a in a war of words. Pretty much anything goes, and and uh, uh, Charlemagne, Charlemagne the God, uh, big up, uh, cool cat. Uh, we we did guide code together for a couple of, uh seasons, and uh, and Charlemagne and I always been cool, but yeah, I enjoy, that doesn't I enjoy mean him. yeah. He's a, and he's a funny, he's a funny dude, and he's 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 been out there a long time. He came up under uh, well, he Wendy he was Williams. in um, he was in uh, I think South Carolina or North Carolina, South Carolina, South Carolina, and then. Charleston. Wendy Williams, yeah, Wendy Williams uh, brought him up, and he was on her show for right. years when she was on the radio, and then uh, he now is doing his thing on Power 105, and I think they ruling right now. 
Um, and when and so in a war of words, I get him saying, uh, uh, you know, grandfather flex or whatever. But there's no respect. There was a time he used to respect your elders. You know what I mean? Not just in hip hop, just in general, yeah. especially in hip hop. You know what I mean? If any to this day, if anybody spoke uh, sideways about uh, rock him. You know, people would have a a, a problem. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Because you still have to look, um, regardless of of what financial gains and success you might have currently, you still got to fall back and say, "Yo, that dude was a lyrical beast before we even knew what a lyrical beast was." You mm -hmm. know what I mean? And so, I think over time, now it's almost like if they, if I don't even know if this is a term, ageism. You know where. People have a problem with someone getting old. Like, when I hear Jay-Z say 30's the new 20, no, 30's still 30. And 40's still 40. You don't know, you can't say, well, 50's the new 40. I'm like, nah, ask your knees if, if they feel like they're 50 or if they feel like they're 40. You yeah. know I, mean? I got one in my knees, you know. And nobody wants to be their age. And and that's, to me, that was always a female trait. That was always a... um. Something you heard women, well, you know, um, it's not polite to ask a woman her age. And I don't even buy that horse crap, but okay, if that's... Because you, you, who are you fooling? You still getting older? Yeah. You know, if it just because you don't talk about it doesn't mean it's not happening. Yeah, we see the wrinkles. You still you still got crow's feet in your eyes. Right. And guess what? A but dude, we all get And a dude down. still wants to holler at you. So, yeah. so fall back. But then when you hear dudes, when you hear men yeah. talk about, oh, that dude, he, he old. And... Go go tell Mike Tyson he's old, and and and, and see if, if you uh see how young you feel. You feel a froggy jump, you know what I mean? Yeah. So, no, no. I mean, we all gonna get older, so it's really it, it is comes what to it life. Is. I, I mean, I don't I don't want to get older, but yeah, I don't nobody think any wants of us, to get older. You know? But but th there's also something to be said about uh, appreciating the fact that you you as you get older, you gain um more wisdom, you know, and so. Joe Joe Vesey now versus Joe Vesey ten years ago. You're a smarter dude. And, I'm actually and, not. But, well, um, you know, right, right. Because I'm still on that gargle semen thing. Like you said. Um, I'm but getting you know more I mean? immature as I get older. That's what I'm aiming right, for. Well, but you know, you can you can embrace. That's I, I think the beauty of like PlayStation and Xbox yeah. is for men. Men do embrace uh, their youthful exuberance a little more than women might. Women, I think, uh, mature sooner than men and embrace being mature sooner. I think, guys, I, I like the fact that as a man, I can I can sit down and play NBA 2K, 13, 14, whatever, and just veg out, right. you know? And I don't know. I'm not ashamed of, of getting older. I embrace it. So, yeah. so that's so my whole thing with with with. Um, but you're I'm also like, but you're also black, so you look twenty years younger than well, everybody else. Hey, black don't crack. It ain't my fault. Yeah, well, that's what I'm saying. I hey, I'm white though, so you know. We'll yeah, yeah. You, you I'll probably are, look you older than you next year. You probably will. You look older than me now. <laughs> I and you. By the way, when I was in Bermuda. Uh -huh. Compliments on the beard again. I'm t son. I'm Yo, telling I feel you. like this beard is. I don't know where I'll be next year, but if I keep growing this beard, who knows? Rock the uh, I might beard, not even need man. to write any more material. Just Dude, work on the beard. You should write out. You should. There's there's a good. I think 10 my comedy minutes. special is gonna be there's called a good Beard. Ten, there's a good ten minutes on how people react to you now with your beard. The comedy. My friend, who's the kind of producer, he hadn't seen me in a while. Uh -huh. He was like, "Yo, he's like, I'm looking at you like, yo, right, he's like, yo, Joe, no homo, but see, yo, see? He's the beard. I was like, I'm kind of no like, no homo. He's like, no homo. He's like, look at the beard. No, he said no homo. He's giving me his no, compliment. No, when, when dudes, 
He's giving me a compliment. He's like, yo, homo, but he's like, men can't just give compliments without, which is stupid. But that, I'm actually pretty comfortable giving it. But that's that, that also comes with maturity. Giving compliments. Going back to what we're saying, like, if you'll hear a young cat say something like, yo, man, yo, I like, uh, I like your beard. No homo. A, a, a 40, 50-year-old, 60-year-old dude isn't going to say, hey, man, I like your beard. No homo. Because it's like, because he, he, he's comfortable in his skin. I feel so bad. There was this dude at the hotel working there. He was uh-huh. the only guy working there. He had to be older, older guy, like in his 60s. Uh-huh. And he was like, you could tell he was like, I mean, he was like, been there, done yeah, that. he'd been there, done that. He'd been around. He was just like, oh, yeah, oh, you guys still here? Mm-hmm. You guys still here? Like, he was the only one there working. Mm-hmm. No one else there. Wait. At the hotel. Nobody else worked at the hotel? No. I mean, there was, like, how... Like this, <laughs> You're right. There, Scatman Crothers. Was, he was the bellhop, the maid of D. <laughs> he was... There was there was nobody there. Like, during the day, there was housekeeping. Damn shining. It, there was housekeeping. And there... But dur- at night, nobody there but him. Was he the super? Like no, the, something went. He said the down? super was in the states. Wait, whoa, whoa, whoa! I know, and that's what the, the guy super said. Super was in the states. That's what the guy said. They say if something's wrong, who do we call? He's like, I don't know. He's like, he's in the states. He calls call the super, and, and the, he was the only one there, and he was just like, I just he was just such a nice like dude. Did, did y'all just tip like, him? I don't know. <laughs> I love that you were <laughs> no, trying to figure no, out. No, you know what? Because no, he wasn't lie. like he was. He was there just that he wasn't like I don't know what he he was like. There wasn't first, anything to tip. I I mean a tip like maybe you should retire. Like right, I don't know, right. but tap like, out. <laughs> like, tap out. You like, don't even have to go on vacation. You live in Bermuda. Yeah, like go he was just watching beach. Letterman. He was just there all night, and I was asking, I was like, man, you we're here at all the front th- desk. He was in like the little kind of front desk room and he was just okay. watching Letterman. He was just there all night, like just like posted up. And like, I was like, man, you know, I was like. Dorm Beach, you could have given him a hand job or something. He, like, like, he thought he was Sydney Portier. I, th- I thought he was. <laughs> I didn't know. <laughs> I, I, we do all look alike yeah. <laughs> when we work on the island. No. <laughs> but it was, yeah, it was Damn, funny. that means he was old. Then. Yeah, no, he was older. But you but thought I he could... was Sydney Portier. <laughs> Yeah, Sydney Boyer like, looks old. It was man, funny because so. when we were leaving, he was like, "Y'all leaving? I thought y'all left." I was like, "Yeah." You really sound like that? He said, "Yeah." He had that like kind of voice. He was like, "I was like, hey man, I was like, how's it going, man? You just watching Letterman?" He's like, "Oh yeah, yeah." Yeah. I was no, like, you know, no, I was like, "Well, no, I, was like, no, I was like, we're comedians." He's like, "Oh yeah, yeah, I know, I know." But you could tell, like, I don't know. Maybe he was more glib than I give him credit for, but I don't know. Glib, glib, glib is not the right word, word, is it? Glib is sharp? a good word. That's sharp. I mean. Glib is just a good word. Yeah, right. Even if it's it not in the right sentence. Even if you're hey. using it incorrectly, <laughs> still. And people are not going to call me on it. If I, if I, if I sell it hard enough, you, you know, I'm going to try to sell big words hard enough in the wrong sentences uh-huh. that people don't use enough, and then they'll probably just go with me on hey, it. Hey, hey, stranger things could happen, man. I, um, I've been talking about uh, doing this... Um, the origin story of how, because people always ask me how I got uh got Saturday Night Live, but we spoke we spoken for like twenty minutes. It's a long story. Is it that? Is it is it that long? Of it's a journey? Just a, I mean, it was it was kind of a long stretch. So I got SNL the year before SNL happened in uh, summer two thousand one. So in two thousand, I had um the, the I remember Dave Chappelle said years ago he was like, man, don't go to L A till they call for you. And I, I didn't know what that meant until someone said, yeah, we want you to fly out 
and we'll pay for the ticket. I was like, oh, that's what they mean. I call for you. So uh, there was this uh, network back in the days, UPN and the, and the yeah. WB. UPN was like the one of the black networks, oh, you know. Right, on Channel 9 in New York. Uh, and they saw me, the, these producers, uh, Al Heyman, who actually is a boxing promoter. Um, he promotes Mayweather's fights. Al Heyman uh, had um, one of his uh, assistants or executives named Lyle LaFleur. She um, saw me, and they were cast in this new sketch show. And I had, um, they saw me, I think, at the, at the Comedy Cellar. And she was like, yeah, we want we want to fly Dean out to audition for the sketch show. So I was like, I, I just wanted a free trip. You know, I think I'd been to L.A. maybe once uh, to take Premium Blend. And how old were you? Uh, that was that was in 1990. Was that 90? Maybe 99. So I was about 28, 29. And um, I went out. Long story short, I stunk. I remember, I remember DC. Actually, that was my first real taste of LA, and I, I was, I despised LA after that because I ran into, you know, when you go on any audition, it always makes you feel better when you see someone you know. Yeah, you know, and so uh, DC Benny, who's a good friend of mine, DC also was uh, auditioning. Um, so I felt good seeing DC out there. And then after he went in, I was finished. So I was like, "All right, guys. Well, uh, you, this this is my this is my innocent voice. Hey, guys. Well, um, you know, uh, have fun in there and God bless." And I remember this girl just to say, even if you're atheist, right? You just let it ride. She turns and she she's like, "God bless." And I was like, and then my, I was like, "Well, I, is that not what?" We're supposed to do her. So I actually went back to New York, like, no, oh, forget LA. People are miserable, you know. Yeah. Um, I didn't get it. I heard, I heard it was really bad because I think I did, I think I did a Michael Jackson. I did some devil character that stunk. It just it was a bad, I wasn't ready, you know. So I remember I took uh I, I told myself if I ever get an opportunity like that, I want to be ready for it. So I said, you know what, I'm a good stand-up. I'm I'm becoming a a, a solid stand-up because at that point I I think I've been getting on stage probably like seven years, um, and so I, I I looked I said let me let me see if I can find some uh, sketch comedy classes or improv. So um, Second City had like a satellite uh, class that actually was next door to the to the comedy cellar upstairs in this little acting studio, and I t I took this class for a couple of months. And then uh, when 2000, when 2000 happened, I had, I started getting some heat as a stand-up because I had booked the NACA National and um, I booked something like 75 schools out of uh, out of the NACA. So I was on the road constantly, you know what I mean? And then at the end, I was on the road so much that by the end of the year, I had burnt myself out. And I remember, uh, I'll never forget, I did a school in Florida and I had been... I, I was averaging probably like 12 colleges a month, right? And uh, I, I'm doing like uh, the the third school in November, some school in Florida, and about 300-seater, and there was two girls in the front row, and, and they were sisters, and they did not want, they just, arms crossed, just looking at me like, what you doing? You know, why are you, if, if you're trying to get laughs on stage, you know, like they really yeah. were just grilling me, and yeah. I'm killing but I'm 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 kind of exhausted and not knowing where I am, and I'm looking at them, and in the middle of my set, I'm like, "What's wrong with y'all?" 
And then we got into a back... Honestly, I just was frustrated and uh, got into a back and forth. And then I, I, I won the rest of the crowd back. And at the end of the show, this, this older lady... It was a community college, I think. Um, this older lady, she came and she said, you know what, you should have just kept going because... I saw them when they first got here. They wanted they wanted to just uh, have have other people miserable with them. You should have ignored. And then my my agent always had gotten a good uh, you know a a good um, rating or whatever feedback from the school. And so the next day, Dean, what uh what happened? You know. And I finally told him. I said, Hey man, I said I got we got cut back. I'm I'm this is exhausting. I said I want to be in town. For more auditions, and I'm not able to do that if I'm on the road so often. So we cut my schedule back, and it worked out because I wound up. Um, I was home, and so I was able to audition. And I started getting commercial work. I booked this big Snickers spot that uh, premiered during the during the Super Bowl, and that that Snickers spot actually got me into SAG. That that was the um, thing that made me um, made me a member since '01, and I was so we go into '01. I'm getting some acting work, and then uh, then I booked uh, I booked a small role in this 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 movie called Marcy X that Damon Wayans was starring in. He played this rapper, I don't remember. Damon Wayans and called? Lisa Kudrow. Marcy X. Oh, that yeah, I remember that coming yeah. to theaters for a little bit. Yeah, nah, it was it, wow. That movie was that that movie was wow. Really? <laughs> yeah. Did yeah. Damon write it or no? No, no. In fairness to Damon, he he just was he was a hired hand. He was an, he acted in it. It was just the movie was was spoofing on rappers, and then it took so long to come out. When it finally came out in like two thousand three, two thousand four, they, they shelved it for a while. Shel- it was shelved for a couple of years. So by the time it came out, the joke was over. You know, uh, the joke of the 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 rapper that um, is living beyond lavishly. You know. So, but I was happy that I worked on it. So then that summer, I think in May, Mad TV's having auditions. So I, I'm thinking about what I did the previous year, and and yeah, I stunk. Thank you, Mike, for reminding me. Um, stinking you said up you the stunk, stage. Right? I stunk. Do we have that on the oh, podcast? Yeah. That you stunk? I, was, I stunk. It was I just horrendous. Make sure. I have no problem admitting I stunk. That's for anybody out there I love listening. How Michael it's, brought it back, but you, you stunk, right? No, I know. I'm just yeah, messing with you. Yeah. <laughs> Nah, um, but yeah, I stunk. And uh and hold up, and even before the Man TV, uh this this other networks, PAX, I think. Is that the name? No, PAX. There was a there was a there was a weird network called PAX that had this this improv show, and I remember auditioning for it, but I'm not see, here's the thing that uh, a lot of Comics don't realize just because you're a good comic doesn't mean you're good at improv. It's a different skill set. Yeah. And so I went in for this and I was funny, but watching all the, the like you auditioned with other uh, actors and it was like played, they played improv games. And some people are quick, like my man uh, Leonard Robinson, uh, is a good friend of mine. He was on Wild and Out. Leonard. Is 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 nice with the improv. Uh, Victor Varnado, a real funny dude, um, in that improv world. You Victor know, Vernard, the, yeah, he's he's uh, albino. albino. Yeah, 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 he's in Pluto Nash. Yeah, dude is he, yeah, and he's quick. Like those dudes because they came up in that circuit. You know what I mean? Um, so I remember even at the audition looking like these dudes. You know, and I've never had a problem looking at somebody saying, "Nah, he got that." You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and so. Uh, 
but they liked me, so they said, "We, you know, we'll hire you to do warm-ups. And I think they they shot, like, a couple of episodes. That's cool. Um, and I was, I was like, hey, man, I'm happy because I'm in SAG, and I got some sort of job, so I'm good. So then Mad TV came with the auditions, and uh, they were casting in, uh, in uh, like, Manhattan upper 70s. Um, so I remember going, and I this time I said, you know what? I'm gonna. They most sketch shows want three characters and three impressions. That's pretty much the standard. That's what they did with the UPN show. That's what uh, um, this uh, Mad TV audition was. So I actually um, we got a hold of Jimmy Fallon's SNL audition tape, and I watched him. I said, "Well, you play to your strengths. My strengths were the impressions. So I just sometimes you gotta take a chance." And I said, "All right. Well, you know what." I'm, I'm not going to do three impressions. I'm going to do three characters, and then I'm going to do every impression I can do, but I'm going to set it up real dope. So I, I wrote a scene, and I, I said, well, who do I do that I know no one else is doing? So I, I, I wrote a scene where I was like, uh, here's my impression of uh, Black Awards show, like the NAACP Image Awards. And uh, Chris Rock and Chris Tucker the hosts, and Jay-Z is doing... Uh, uh, duet with Erica Badu, and then uh, Sam Jackson and Denzel Washington are presenting James Earl Jones with a Lifetime Image Award, right? <laughs> so, boom. Now, you're laughing, but I set it up also because I said, well, here, if I set it up that way, no, they're not going to say, no, you know, we only told you to do three impressions, you're doing seven. I said, you know what, if I set it up dope, I can just do it, as opposed to saying, and now... Here's Denzel, and now his because that's that's what I noticed um, in the audition tapes I saw is someone saying, "Oh, and now here's my impression of Robin Williams uh, stubbing his toe." Oh, uh, you know, or whatever. So I said, if I set it up, then I can just riff and, and go go from Denzel to Sam Jackson to Chris Rock, you know, and bounce around, and that'll just impress them just in a schizophrenic manner. Mm. So I uh, I went in. Um, I think her name's Nicole Garcia. She was casted. Uh, and I went in. Donnell, uh, Rawlins, Donnell was there. He was on, um, waiting. This is the audition for This is the audition for Mad TV. Mad TV. So I went in, and I think I did, I said, you know what, I'm going to open with that. And then I'm going to do my characters. And so I opened with that. Then and I Donnell did, was auditioning uh, as well? Yeah, and there were a bunch of, there were, it was, Donnell and I were the only two stand-ups that were there. And then there were, uh, bunch of sketch performers that I wasn't familiar with. So um I did uh the I did the impression run and then I did um I think I had like a uh a, a slam poet character and I had this other dude that uh like ever you can't see it um when hearing this but the, his whole thing was like everything he said. He was like a kung fu movie that his words didn't sync up with his mouth. Oh, yeah, yeah. So he'd speak, but everything he said came out after his lips moved. You know what I mean? And it was just a dumb character. But, yeah. But uh, it got got some laughs. So then after I finished, he was like, who else do you do? What are the impressions? I was like, I don't, I don't know. who. It's endless, you know. She was like, uh, so you, I said, just throw them at me. So she was like, because uh, Kings of Comedy was, but she was like, Steve Harvey. I was like, well, it, I mean, it depends on what. And then I had never done Steve Harvey. It was just, I knew his enough of his voice that I could mess around with it. Uh, Jamie Foxx, I was like, well, it depends on uh, exactly what you want me to say, you know. 
And but she's dying. So I'm in there instead of three minutes. I'm in there like six, seven minutes. So I came out. I was feeling good, man. And, and so I walk out and Donnell, that's my man. I love him. And he was like, yo, youngin, you got everybody out here pissed as hell. Cause they hearing you get laughs and now they gotta go in and follow that. So man, man, shout out to Donnell. So I leave. And I'm not even down the street, and my manager calls, and he's like, "Yeah, I don't know what you did, but they wanna, um, they want you to come back in tomorrow for uh, producers for David Salzman." And so I was like, "Oh, okay, bet." So I'm feeling good off of that. And that night, huh? Yeah, yeah, they 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 record all, all those things. So uh, that night, I had a show. Um, my manager had a showcase at Stand Up New York. So I go in, and I'm feeling so good. I got a callback. Because, you know, sometimes it's the little things. So I'm feeling yeah, absolutely. good. I go on stage and I just, I, I kill, you know. And I go back to the callback the next day and they wanted you to, you know, read an audition. Like, they wanted you to do a scene. So I mm-hmm. played a scene and get some laughs. And it was a good feeling. So then um, fast forward a week later, I was shooting this, uh, I was shooting a KFC commercial. Surprise, a black man doing chicken commercial? What are the chances? So I'm shooting this uh this commercial spot. I remember we were up in uh in across the Tappan Zee in West Nyack. And uh and I remember the director, he was like, he was like, your sneakers are, are dirty. I was like, nah, they kinda what? No, well, his was funny because he was like, he was like, nah, but you know what black dudes usually keep their sneakers even cleaner. And oh, I was wow. but but I appreciate it because he was right. He was yeah. like, there was there was a little scuff, but I didn't think anyone would notice it, but he did. That's so that funny. was funny. So um my my agent calls. He was like, "Hey, hey, handsome." That's a, a, a Jim Hess. He was my agent at Paradigm. Hey, handsome. I'm like, "Hey, what's up, Jim?" He's like, "I got good news and better news. Which do you want?" I said, "Uh, give me the good news." He's like, "Well, the good news is, uh, Mad TV. They don't want you to screen test. They just they they have an offer. They want to offer. I don't know the jargon. You know, I'm still. This is my first year really in the realm of Hollywood. You know, as opposed to just being a standup." So I'm like, what does that mean? He's like, okay, it means they're going to pay you this much to sh- uh, for six episodes. And if they like you for the six, then it'll roll to 13. And then you'll be a regular. And I was like, hey, that's what's up. Let's, let's do it. You know, I just want a job because my wife was pregnant at the time. You know what I mean? And so I'm like, yeah, let's let's go. He's like, well, I have, I have better news. I was like, well, what's better than that? He's like, well, um, that night that you had that showcase... People from SNL were in the audience. I was like, get out of here. He was like, yeah, they were, huh? Yeah, the show at Stand Up New York. He was like, yeah, people from SNL um, were were in the audience, and they liked you. I was like, all right, Jim, so what is that? He was like, well, I said, so what does that mean? He was like, now I get to be an agent and, 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 uh, and play. He's like, I've already taken that tape and made copies, and I'm sending it to all the uh, networks um, to build some heat around you. So I was like, Okay, cool. But here's what's funny. The stand-up in me, my main goal that summer, I really just wanted to make Montreal. And so I was like, yeah, I was like, so what's up, what's up with uh, Montreal? I thought you were going to tell me that I got it. He was like, Mad TV has an offer and SNL's interested. You're getting Montreal. So I was like, all right, bet. So then that whole summer, just uh, or really most of June and going into early July, uh, became... Uh, you know, what what is what is he gonna do? Is he gonna go with Mad TV? And unfortunately, we had to sort of string along Mad TV. And I always to this day I feel bad about that because they they came at us first, you know. And I and honestly, I wanted I just wanted to work, you know, but I'm also listening to to my reps 
And I remember my uh, my lawyer, actually, my lawyer, um, uh, Tom Oberman, he, uh, he said to me, because um, here was the, the issue. Um, after meeting with all the uh, networks, uh, a woman named Ann Maney at Fox, she was like in charge of development. She was ready to give us a deal, uh, a development deal at Fox. Um, but Bernie Brillstein who my manager was cool with, we went and met with Bernie, and we were like, Bernie, what do you think we should do? And he was like, listen, you know how I many of my guys on my roster have deals and have made six figures, and no one knows who the hell they are? Get your kid on TV. You know, take the t- take the job that has vis- visibility, not the money. So a deal wasn't really uh, what we wanted. So we're like, well, do, do we do... TV or do do SNL. The problem with uh, going with SNL was that uh, SNL notoriously can take anywhere from, you know, a month to a couple of months to let you know that you booked it. You know, I think Will Ferrell, I had to go in and meet with Lauren a couple of times, you know, and we didn't want to, because I had some heat, we didn't want to, we didn't want to blow our chances at... uh, either Mad TV or getting a deal if we were going to uh, Montreal. Because this was one of the last years that they were giving deals out of Montreal, giving like substantial deals out of Montreal. So uh, so my lawyer actually said, um, he said, well, look, sometimes you got to you gotta have big balls in this business. I said, well, what, is, what does that mean? He was like, sometimes you got to say no to get what you want. And so I, so are you saying, because I, I was, I was, Whatever they said, I've been happy going with. So I was like, so are you saying that I should say no? He was like, I'm saying that it's your decision. And if they if they really are interested in you and you feel like you have the talent that, that can uh, secure the job, maybe you guys should tell them you need an answer by a certain date. Otherwise, you're just going to say no. So I remember we met with him and then we, uh, we told my... my Agent, yeah, just go ahead and tell SNL that because they wanted, in order to to screen test for a TV show, you have to sign a contract. A lot right. of people might not know that, but in order to test for a show, you sign a contract giving them uh, first refusal rights, you know. And yeah, we that, talked about that on yeah, a previous episode. Yeah, in a previous episode. Check one of the previous episodes. So um, I signed the, uh, if, if I signed that, I was essentially saying, all right, well, I'm signing this and I'm saying no to Mad TV and the possible deals and they can they can take two months or however long to let me know they may not want me, you know, which would suck. So we I told my agent, all right, well tell them tell them no. Right. So I remember we went, we we I went to lunch and then we had a meeting at CBS development and my my agent came in salivating. He was like, guess what? I was like, what? He's like, so uh, SNL said they'll give you an answer in a week. I was like, "Damn it!" <laughs> you know, yeah. because I honestly, still, yeah. yeah, just I just this it was becoming. It's, I mean, it's a good problem. But it's a good it problem, but it's just ignited. Yeah. yeah. So I was like, "Damn!" So what does that mean? He was like, "Well, that means we have to call Nicole and crew at uh, Man TV." Like, yo, if you gotta wait a week, to yo, get if back- you gotta wait a week, more than five days for an answer, you're talentless. From SNL, you're nothing. <laughs> So, uh, SNL said they did. If I, I tested Thursday the 12th, and they would give us an answer by the following week because I was supposed to go to Montreal on the 18th. 
Um, so we had to tell Mad TV no. So now I'm like, damn. All right, that's that. Nah. Because they would, and I, I still to this day, I feel bad because uh, I was like, you know, they came at us first, you know. But that's that's the nature of the business. I, and I still mean to send uh, Nicole Garcia thanks and I apologize. Uh, a casting agent told me um, last year I was telling her a story. Because people still, that's what's funny. I've, I've been off the show almost a decade. But people still have questions about SNL. And so when I tell them this, uh, I'm like, yeah, you know. I always felt bad, bad about that. And, and uh casting agent, uh, was it at, at I want to say at CBS, she was like, you know what? Um, you know, sometimes people do hold grudges. She said, you know what, it wouldn't hurt. Maybe you should just send her a a, a letter and tell and apologize and was thank that, her for her time. You said from ten years ago though? Yeah. But she said she said you'd be surprised. I I because I, I reacted like, yeah, I was like, well, it was kind of a long time ago. She was like, that doesn't that doesn't matter. Yeah. People remember, especially in the industry, I mean, it's a small, small industry. So I oh. still uh, sort of... Uh, uh, oh, wait another five wondering, Wait another five? Okay. Um, <laughs> so so now all my eggs are pretty much in the SNL basket because, yeah, there's a chance I can still get a deal, but I really... I Now I have Bernie Brillstein's Get Your Kid on TV, so I want to be on TV. Um and I remember uh, my uh, Kev Hart, Kevin and I, we both, Kev, who, who's a good friend of mine, um, I mean, Kevin and I, we were real tight back then. Um, and so he was testing as well for, so I didn't tell him, I wasn't, I didn't tell anybody um, about it, about everything that was going on, except for my buddy Ian Edwards, because I didn't want, you know, comics, comics sometimes like, yo, so what's, what, well, I, th I thought you, I thought you was getting mad TV. What happened? You know what I mean? I didn't want that, so I wasn't telling anybody. I always uh, had, had that uh, line in my mind, real bad boys move in silence. You, you know, Jay-Z said uh, on his first album, you let your shit bubble quietly and then you blow, but keep it cool. You know, um, that was, and, and so I always say, you know what? You do it, make something happen, and then let everybody else get at you. So I was, uh, I, I was preparing for SNL, and the only reason Kev wound up finding out is because he asked me to help him work on his, his character. Well, he didn't know. At the time, he didn't know, and that's still my friend, so I wasn't, I was confident enough in what I was doing to say, well, here, I'll, I'll help you. Yeah, but, right, right, right. We were competing, but honestly, I was I had that much faith in what I was in, in my product, you know, to say here I'm gonna help him uh, shine his best. Well, you could also sabotage him, pretend like you're helping. I I could have, but we were friends, no, you know. And, and but honestly, I'm sure somebody was. So yeah. I remember uh, that Thursday uh, came and and I went in, and it was a long day. I think I was the last person to audition that day, man. So I was there probably from like twelve in the afternoon till five. And the entire day, you're just, you're in, you're on the eighth floor in the dressing rooms, in people's dressing rooms. I was in Anna Gasteyer's dressing room. I remember saying, oh, she must be important. She has a big dressing room. You know what I mean? Um, but then you start wandering the halls and you're seeing all the people have sort of clicked off because a, a lot of the sketch performers did know each other. And so they were kicking it. And I remember... Uh, sort of sticking my head in, once again, my innocence. Hey, guys! And them all just turned like, who are you? Like, it just was that feeling like, why are you here? So I was like, all right, I'm going to... And I scurried back up, and I ran into uh, Jeff Richards, who wound up uh, booking the show. Um, he he did, like, uh, Drunk Girl was his his biggest character. And he and I knew 
uh, from talking to him, I was like, he must be a stand-up because he he was wandering the hallways as well, you know. You know what I mean? Like, he didn't have anybody to kick it with. And yeah. so I think there was sort of, hey, man, you alone? I'm alone, too. Hey, man, well, good luck. Have fun and blah, blah, blah. So when I finally, finally called me down, it was almost like dead man walking. And, uh, and I'm walking down. And here's what's funny. As you enter the studio, you audition right where... Uh, Right where the host, um, they call it home base, where the host delivers their monologue. So the doors open, and that's when it hit. I'm getting goosebumps. That's when it hits you because you're like, yo, that's where everybody's giving their monologue from the show. And then you plant and you land, and there's a camera on you, and there's a monitor on top of the camera so you can see yourself. And in my mind, I'm like, I remember two things happened. One was I remember Eddie Murphy saying when he auditioned, that he he remembered uh, he just had fun. And so I kept telling myself, just have fun. Eddie had fun. Because he said a lot of people, when they auditioned, they were like, this is my big, this is my big gig. I got to audition. I got to book this. I got to get this. I got to... And Eddie was like, man, I'm, I'm 18, 19 years old. I'm just have fun. So that's... I just... I was... I was enjoying the moment. Which is, honestly, any any audition, anybody out there in the, in the industry, man... If you have an audition and you really want it, don't stress it. Don't don't get in your head about man. If I book this, I could I could get all my student loans. Just have fun. Just be in the moment. So I was in the moment. So Lauren came up, and I, he's like, Dean, uh, thank you for being here. And I was like, man, and no lie, I was like, man, thanks for having me. Like I was just always so. This is awesome, you know, and. uh and uh, I remember people saying, you know, don't don't expect laughs because you know it's it's a tough because it's dark, so you can't see in the audience. You know, you know there are writers and and, and uh, maybe other producers in the the um, bleachers, but you can't see um, because all the lights on you, so you it's flooded out your vision. So, but so I guess psychologically it's supposed to psych, but dude, I'm at <laughs> I I. I, in my mind, I was like, "Yeah, hey, I, I got a stand ovation at the Apollo." You know what I mean? <laughs> I'm, yeah. I'm a, I, I could win in a room full of 10, 20 people because I know. I also have the fact that Mad TV was interested, kind of helping me. You know, make me feel like, "Yo, you know what? You got this. Just do what you do." Once you get to the impression run, the characters are cute, but the impression run is gonna kill it. And I did it, man. And I did the same. I did the same exact thing I did in Magic. Why change it? If it ain't broke, don't fix it. And uh, I got, I got, I got laughs. I, I wasn't just getting chuckles. I remember getting, getting like solid guffaws. Like I was getting laughs during during the run. And then I finished and um, I felt good. I think at that point, um, my mom knew. I think I told my mom and my girl um, and Ian and and Kev. I think Kevin and I, we probably met at the cellar that night and we just went over, well, how'd it go? How'd you do it? You know, and that was it. And then uh, Monday, that was Thursday, and then the following Monday, uh, my my agent called and he said, uh, yeah, so here's the thing. So Lauren wants to meet with you on Wednesday um, to to uh, meet with you. And so in my mind, I'm like, all right, he wants to size me up. But here's what's funny. In my mind, once again, because stand-ups, you look so long and so you work so hard to get Montreal. My main focus is Montreal, which I'm leaving for on Wednesday. So as soon as he tells me, yeah, he wants to meet you on Wednesday uh, at 4 o'clock, I'm like, but but my flight, 
to Montreal is at noon. And what? Are, and he's like, calm, calm down. They already are aware of that. And they said, Lauren's going to get you a ticket to fly up after he meets you. Oh, so after wow. I heard that, I said, okay. I said, all right, so, so he wants, he, if you buy me a ticket, I'm not even thinking, oh, this dude's a multimillionaire. Yeah, or he's I'm hitting just, on you. Right, right. I'm just thinking, all right, well, he, he must be interested if he's going right. to uh, buy me a new ticket. So I went and met with him. Uh, I had, had my hair cornrowed because I knew um, Bernie Brillstein actually called my manager and he said, you know what, there's a concern with Dean's hair because I had giant curly afro. And I told my manager, I said, nah, I mean, I know they do wigs all the time, so I'll just braid it down. Uh, and so I had it, had it braided. And when I went in to meet with him, um, he, he brought it up eventually. We just, you know, were talking life and, and my history or whatever. And then uh, he asked about the hair. I said, oh, no, nah, man, I, I, I know you guys do. That's why I came in with it braided, because I know you do wigs. And he was like, no, because, you know, Timmy, Tim Meadows, when Tim... Uh, he first started, his hair was low, and by the end, because Tim Meadows had them thick dreads by the end, so any wig he wore, he looked like, uh, what was that, Alien Mind? You remember that, that movie? Um, kept him, they kept Tim Meadows for a long time. Tim was on there for, Tim, Tim Meadows, time. I think, did like probably 11 years. I think he did like 11, like he had the- What do you think made them keep, I mean, obviously, his choice to stay, what do you think made them keep him so long? Uh, honestly, I don't know. I mean, he's a solid sketch performer, and he probably fit. It's a know? lot of I years. Mean, I mean, the same way, like, Keenan's been on there now for about a decade. Seth, like, our class, the, the year I started people was myself. usually do, what, five to seven, right? Like, Most people, uh, I think, yeah, do do between four and seven years. Yeah. Like, that's, I guess, probably if the you average. give a, a, a statistic, that's probably the average. But, um... Nah, Tim Meadows was there a long stretch. Daryl Hammond knocked him out. Like, Daryl was there, I think, like 13. Damn. Uh, like, probably 13 years. Seth now. Um, it's always here in such a stressful environment. It's hard to do that many years, it seemed like. Yeah, but it's a, you know what? It's also, it's a gig, man. It's, 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 it's a job. And r r jobs and the realm of Hollywood from TV to film and good jobs, no less, are hard to come by. You yeah, know, that's and true. so you're on the 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 one of the best shows in in the history of television and one of the most historic shows. You know, I mean, yeah. this is this 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 show is a game changer to this day. Like people still like you 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 want us to say something? I'm like, nah. You you can say SNL. Like when they introduce me, I'm like, you say SNL because I earned that. You know, um, obviously you want more. Like that, that was not the uh, the end all be all. I want more. I want bigger and, and better. But in the meantime, I'm like, yo, I, I'm I'm on the wall. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I'm a, like I remember Tracy. You on the wall, Papa? You on that wall? So when you go up to the 17th floor, um, they have every they have the heads the the SNL headshots of every cast member that's ever been on the on the show. You know, from from Belushi, Aykroyd, and Garrett Morris, and Chevy Chase, and Jane Curtin, uh, to you know whoever the newest uh, cat on the show is now, you know, and so I'm on that wall. I'm like, hey, you know, I I earned that, and I earned my battle scars and and my stripes, you know, from the show, and and, and still have mad respect. And I remember uh, Chris Rock said it best because people. 
You do it like like everybody has their their experience, and some people don't have the greatest experience. In, in my experience, there were highs and lows and peaks and valleys, but that's the nature of the entertainment industry. And uh, and Tracy dropped a lot of wisdom. I remember he said, "You gotta understand, SNL is like a microcosm for Hollywood and really the world." You know, um, and so there are peaks and valleys. Mel Brooks said that. Um, to me, years ago, uh, his 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 um his son Max, who's a good friend of mine, he was my writing partner on the show, and he said he said you know that this once you enter the industry, you have to learn once you accept that it's an industry of peaks and valleys, it becomes a lot easier, you know, because um, God bless the dead, Anne Bancroft, uh, he was married to, and and he said you know there were times that Anne was was hot and I was cool. And there were times when I was hot and Ann cooled down. But we learned that that's the, the ebb and flow of the business is that they're, they're peaks and valleys. And so that's how I look at the industry now. You never look at it. if you Because if you're in it, you're in it. You ain't, I'm a, when you hear, hear comics complain or they're frustrated about the industry, you're like, man, I'm sick of the business. I'm sad. I'm going to quit. You're like, shut up. No, you're not. What are you going to do? You're going to go back? You want to uh, telemarket? You know, I ain't going back in the work, uh, in the job force. You know, I ain't had a, a nine to five job since 1997. You know what I mean? If I, if I, if I went back into the workforce, it would look like I've been in witness protection for the last 16 years. Like, where have you been? Man, you ain't going to believe it. You know, and so, <laughs> so I yeah. get that. And so you take the gigs and, and Rock said it best. He's like, yo, ever since I've known Lauren Michaels, I've been rich, you know, and that's real talk. You know, I, I, SNL helped buy this house, you know, and helped, still helps open doors. And like I said, anytime I go in a meeting, people still ask about um, that show. So I have I, I have no problems with uh, anybody on that yeah, show. Yeah, I mean, it's you a know? huge accomplishment. It doesn't I, get bigger I, than SNL. I got mad love for, uh, for SNL. It doesn't get you bigger know, than he, SNL. He, Only he, gets bigger than SNL is Mad TV. <laughs> <laughs> you know, um, <laughs> But yeah, um, you can't. You can't really trip. And on you're, that. and you also have a headshot on for a different reason at Mad TV's offices. Uh, <laughs> not, not, not to. Yeah, it says do not, uh, do not let him in uh, at the door. Uh, it's been ten years and counting, yeah, and right? we're still yeah, waiting. Yeah, yeah. No, I'll, I'll send it. The twentieth. Twentieth. That, that, that uh, email. But no, it is pretty cool. I mean, you had two of the biggest shows interested, and you booked the other one, and yeah, it's like, hey, you know, can't get better than that. Hey man, shoot, I, I, and, and and Mad TV turned out a lot of. Uh, you know, Key and Peele are winning right now. You know, um, with with their show. So, um, I just want I just wanted to uh, get invited to the party, man. And and I was happy to have invite multiple invites. You know, and and I remember same lady at uh, Fox. She 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 told me uh, Aunt Manny said when we were at because uh, the word didn't spread. I didn't. I couldn't tell anybody. This was funny when I booked as like Lauren. Uh, never. He doesn't say you're hired. He just after our, the end of our conversation was, well, uh, we'll we'll see you here. And I didn't know what the hell that meant. <laughs> the most ambiguous hiring ever. He's like, all right, well, good, well, good, we'll 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 see you here. And so I walked out. Of- that would be great if you left you free tickets. <laughs> I know, right? Because honestly, I wasn't going to say, ooh, what does that mean, sir? You know. So yeah. I just walked out of his office. And and one of his uh, one of the producers, Marcy Clyde, she has this big cheesy grin, and she's like, "So?" I'm like, "Um, I don't, what?" 
She's like, how do you feel? I said, I don't. He, he said, well, we'll see you here. Am I, do I have it? She's like, yes, yes. I was like, oh, okay, where's, where's up? So I had to go to the bathroom to sort of like, ah, you know, scream. And then I was excited and then got in the car and headed straight to Montreal. I called my mom. I had my camera, so I, I'm recording me talking to my mom as I'm crying. Oh, and driving too? No, no, well, there was a driver. Was oh, it was a driver, okay. It, it, my life changed in that moment. They, they had the car service waiting for a brother. And uh, yeah, man, and going to the airport and... Uh, my 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 reps, they said, you know what, because you're going to Montreal as a quote-unquote new face, you can't tell anybody. So I, I get to Montreal. I'm tired. It's been a long day. I get there probably like 9 o'clock that night by the time I check into the hotel. All the comics, everyone's up there. Everyone's vibing. I go to my room. Kev, <laughs> much love. Kev goes like, he calls me. He's like, yo, Dean, what, what's up? I said, what's up, Kev? Like, what are you doing? I said, I was just taking a nap. Like, hey, hey, we're here for a reason. Kev's always people say what they want. This Kevin is when Kev Hart spoke like Michael Jackson. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Kev, Kev, I mean, he still he's he still speaks like Mike Jackson. Um, and he was like, yo, yo, we came up here for a reason, man. We got politic. So I'm like, here, I can't, I can't let anybody know I don't have it, including my boy. So I got front. So I go downstairs. I'm tired. So we going like politic and and. But people at NBC, like Mark Hirschfeld, he's one of the uh, people at NBC Development of Casting, and he's like, hey, hey, so, huh, huh, congrats. All right. But I, I have to, I apologize, Mark, to this day. I always felt bad because he was like, huh? I was like, I, I don't know what you're talking about. Because I didn't want, I, I didn't know if I was being tested, you know what I mean? I didn't know if I was being tested or not. So I was like, I ain't saying nothing. He was like, no, Dean. It's okay. We we know we're at the network. I was like, "Hey, man, I don't, I don't know what you, what you talk about." And so if I see Barkers, I'll tell him, "Hey, man, I ain't say anything because they told me I couldn't say anything because otherwise, why would I do new faces?" So I didn't say anything uh, until would Montreal have taken you off. I don't know, but it was my. I didn't want to blow it. You know, I didn't want. I didn't know. So. Because I guess But that, blow what though? You already had SNL. Right, but I didn't know. Honestly, I didn't even think that far you just into wanted it. To I just was like, I wanted I wanted I worked hard to get to Montreal, new faces. I didn't want them to say, Oh, well, you know what, you have a job. So right, um, right. we can't have you on new faces. From what I understand or uh what was explained to me after the fact, they said, um, well, after you showcase, they could Montreal could sort of take credit and say, "Well, he booked SNL from Montreal." So I was like, mm -hmm. "All right, whatever. I don't, I don't care." Because um, yeah, it was it was in like the the daily in Variety. It was in mm -hmm. Variety um, saying that I I uh, got it um, while at Montreal. So whatever, I don't care. I got it. That's that's the main thing. And then I remember, so it wasn't even true. huh? Now, I booked it before Montreal, but I didn't get... Y'all want to take credit? Yeah, I mean, yeah. It's, it's, it's a better story than saying he's 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 been, uh, you know, grinding and working hard, you know, so whatever. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, yeah, and I remember... Um, I, I still... Even Kev, I felt bad not telling Kev. Was he mad after but he, he found nah, out? Nah, you know what? His... Uh, I, I had mad respect for Dave Becky after this. His manager at Three Arts... Um, I was, after my second showcase, 
because they told me I could I could say things after my second showcase. It was myself, him, D Ray, uh, D Ray Davis, um, uh, uh, a couple other cats, Michael Jr. Uh, I'm trying to think of everybody that went to my Russ Maneve. Um, and after my second showcase, I was like, all right, I, I spoke to my agent. He said, yeah, now you can tell people. So Becky was almost waiting near the green room door, and he saw me about to go tell Kevin. He pulled me aside and said, yo, he's a, you know what, let me talk to Kevin. I thought that was, I thought that was uh, classy, you know, because he wanted to uh, uh, assure him, look, you didn't get this. But it's all right. You'll, you'll be fine. We'll get a deal, which he did. Kev's done quite well without getting that SNL. He's fine, you know. So, and then when I went into the green room, Kev had a big grin and a hug waiting for me, man. And that's, you know, that's, that's how it should be. Um, well, cause we were supportive yeah. through the entire journey. He just, we, uh, <laughs> we, I, I saw him in LA and he was doing a show. We were doing, I was on a show and he did a guest spot and he, he walks on stage. He's like, yo man, Dean Edwards, man, funny dude, one of my one of my closest friends. He's like, yo, man, um, let me tell y'all something. Dean and I both were up for SNL at the same time. So then he tells this story. And he said, he was saying how the entire uh time leading up to, he's like, hey, man, you know, one of us is gonna get it. So don't even sweat it. But in his mind, he's like, I'm getting this, you know. I'm <laughs> <laughs> he's like, don't worry, you know, whatever. Whatever happens, uh, we'll be fine, and you'll get something else, you know. And so it was. It was uh, <laughs> That's funny. And then he was like, "Son of a bitch, he, he knew. <laughs> he knew this whole time and had me lying." I always feel like people's origin stories are the best are the best stories because everybody everybody has a a trajectory after that. Right. That's that's sort of like ground zero, and then then you uh you build from that. So boom. So so next time, uh, well, we we kind of got your uh, origin story. You you uh. Have we? Yeah, I mean, I didn't book SNL, so no, it's not no. as exciting. I had a, it is exciting, though. Um, I could have an origin of how these mics got set up and how. No, we, but I mean, <laughs> the, the origin of like you uh, working on the shield. And, you oh, know right, what I mean? yeah, yeah. So, we like, spoke about that. Yeah, yeah, every, yeah, I'm saying everybody has. Yeah, because I remember you saying one day, you said, you've done some stuff on the low. I mean, it's not big stuff, just me being around it. It is big be, stuff, though. Well, being you know around what? it. This being is, around this is, it. This is my, uh, God bless my dad. My dad said this years ago, and, and we can end on this. Uh, I, I, I joke now about uh, having an associate's degree from a community college because mm -hmm. it's, yeah, I do that on stage, right? Because my wife has a PhD. She has a bachelor's, master's, and a PhD. Right. And like, I, got, I, got, I got jokes. I, I, I You know, a community, a degree from, uh, an associate's degree is, they call it that because you're associated with the college, not because it counts. And so... <laughs> Back when I when I gra graduated, because uh, I, I didn't even go to the graduation, you know, because I was like, this. Thing I don't think they graduate. have graduations for community right, colleges. Right, they, they don't. They just put the. the I went to community they, college, by the way. They put the uh, they put your diploma on the windshield and hope you don't <laughs> think it's a ticket. You know, it's, it's like oh they, oh I I won I I got my degree. with a parking ticket right with a parking ticket um, <laughs> and a menu from from uh, a Chinese restaurant. And so uh, my dad, I remember saying something, and I was, and I, I think I used the verbiage. I said, eh, "It's only an associate's degree." And my dad, my dad was all like, "Real, real," you know. He said, "Whoa, whoa." He's like, "He's like, didn't you pay for college, or did I pay for college?" I was like, "I was like, I paid for it." He's like, "You paid for school on your own." I was like, "Yeah, dad. It was only it was it was twenty dollars and five proof of purchase from uh, Raisin Brand." But jokingly, I said I didn't spend a lot of money. He was like. 
you paid for it and you had to earn that degree and go to class and get those grades. I said, yeah. He's like, well, don't ever, don't ever, uh, uh, you know, take away from the, the hard work uh, right. and the accomplishment. He was like, don't say it's just a, a, an associate. He's like, it's, a, it's an associate's degree. Say it with pride. And so that's my, you saying, well, it's not. I'm like, that is something because there's somebody, there's somebody listening to this that, right, sure. That would that want to do. Well, the thing you know, the thing love was just being in that position. Well, you know, the cool thing was about that is that I technically wasn't even working. On right, 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 I was right. unofficially right. just being around. And right, got right, right, to right. Be around and got to be kept around just because of being nice or right. being just you know not bothering anybody right, right, and get right. to see things and just get to watch you, everything you, you and learn. To, you got to get a lot of knowledge and. and it was and nice actually not being work, being able to actually be in the cushion right. not to have to work right, 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 and right. able to, because by not working, I was able to basically observe anything I wanted to do. Exactly, exactly. So that's, that's, so it is that's, true. that's my lesson. It's like, for, that's, no, it's true. For, for any, whatever you do. I'm appreciative of it. I just no, meant I, like, I it's not like, hey, like I was writing for the, right, you know, right, right, right. You know, well, you, you're not, because there are a lot of dudes out there that will try and make things more than what, like you learn that early on in the business that uh, you're your best, the, the hype machine is really what, what helps a lot of, uh, things progress and move forward. And so now we live in an era where you kind of, you almost have to be boastful. You know, you don't, you don't have to be funk fliggity, but you but have everyone to be is so everyone, boastful. I mean, the, the, the idea of, of Twitter and Instagram and Facebook and, and creating your own fan page, you have to sort of do those things, but you don't want it's to. It's a thin line. Yeah, it's a thin line between. Because a lot of people take it to the extreme oh, where yeah. it can be very like, geez, like. Yeah, yeah. And then you find yourself, you don't give yourself any credit, then people really take advantage of that and then give you less right. credit and then take right, uh, right, right. from you, which so you, is you, interesting. So you got to you gotta find that uh the happy medium, man. We we go on for days, man. Um, You, you have anything you want to promote, man? Um, Got anything coming up? Right now? Forget it, man. Yeah. You know, you I'm chilling. No, I mean, you just got shows. You know, yeah. just shows. Doing some Keep, shows. Yeah, yeah, hit him, hit I it, should hit. be with Joe Torrey next week, so that'll be fun. Oh, word? My man Joe. I've known Joe since I was in the 10th grade, so it feels good to come full Torrey, circle. When you say Joe Torrey, you're talking baseball? Comedian. Or comic. Oh, comic, okay, yes, yeah, okay. Yeah. No, you gotta... Yeah, you're right, because there's you're, two you're, Joe Torres. You're, you're white, and so, you know, that, it's there not... There is two. And your dad uh, worked with the NBA, so I was like, well, maybe... That's true, you know, that's true. Joe Torrey. That is true. Okay, yeah, Joe Tory, uh Joe Tory's funny dude. So what's what's your uh Twitter and Instagram? You don't have any you're on Instagram, I, but you don't have anything yeah, on Instagram. Yeah, I'm on Instagram. You noticed that, right? But don't yeah. stop following me. I need that oh, follow. follow, follow Please brother. keep what's, following what's, me. What's, what's, uh, no, but your... I'm on Twitter, twitter.com slash Joseph Vesey, and uh that's really it. And yeah, uh y'all can follow me uh on uh Instagram or twat me on Twitter at I am Dean Edwards. They're both the same. And I will keep saying that because Mike laughs every time I say it. Uh, you know, and, and make sure you... Well, you can say it too. Make sure you subscribe to uh, the Father Muckin' Protocol podcast. I got to get used to saying it. The Father Muckin' Protocol podcast. Subscribe, rate, review on iTunes and anywhere else you can find it, man. Uh, Big Mike in the background. Thanks Michael for the Biono. Michael Biono. <laughs> Michael Biono. Biono. He be on something. <laughs> Yo, man, we appreciate y'all uh, listening as always, and we'll catch you on the next episode, all right? Be easy.